0: Section 3 of the Algonquin Legends of New England. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org. The Algonquin Legends of New England or Myths and Folklore of the Micmac, Passamaquoddy and Penobscot Tribes by Charles Godfrey Leland. Section 3. How Glooskap made the elves and fairies, and then man of an ash-tree, and last of all beasts, and of his coming at the last day. Passamaquoddy. Glooskap came first of all into this country, into Nova Scotia, Maine, Canada, into the land of the Wabanaki, next to Sunrise. There were no Indians here then, only wild Indians very far to the west. First born were the Micomwes. The unigemasuk, the small elves, little men, dwellers in rocks. And in this way he made man. He took his bow and arrows and shot at trees, the basket trees, the ash. Then Indians came out of the bark of the ash trees. And then the Mikum West said, called tree man. Glooskap made all the animals. He made them at first very large. Then he said to moose, the great moose, who was as tall as Katakus. What would you do should you see an Indian coming? Moose replied, I would tear down the trees on him. Then Glooskap saw that the moose was too strong, and made him smaller, so that Indians could kill him. Then he said to the squirrel, who was the size of a wolf, What would you do if you should meet an Indian? And the squirrel answered, I would scratch down trees on him. Then Glooskap said, You also are too strong, and he made him little. Then he asked the great white bear what he would do if he met an Indian, and the bear said, Eat him. And the master bade him go and live among rocks and ice, where he would see no Indians. So he questioned all the beasts, changing their size, or allotting their lives according to their answers. He took the loon for his dog, but the loon absented himself so much that he chose for this service two wolves, one black and one white, but the loons are always his tail-bearers. Many years ago, a man very far to the north wished to cross a bay, a great distance from one point to another. As he was stepping into his canoe, he saw a man with two dogs, one black and one white, who asked to be set across. The Indian said, You may go, but what will become of your dogs? Then the stranger replied, Let them go round by land. Nay, replied the Indian, that is much too far. But the stranger, saying nothing, he put him across, and as they reached the landing-place there stood the dogs. But when he turned his head to address the man he was gone. So he said to himself, I have seen Glooskap. Yet again, but this was not so many years ago, far in the north there were at a certain place many Indians assembled, and there was a frightful commotion caused by the ground heaving and rumbling. The rocks shook and fell they were greatly alarmed, and lo! Glooskap stood before them, and said, I go away now, but I shall return again. When you feel the ground tremble, then know it is I. So they will know when the last great war is to be, for then Glooskap will make the ground shake with an awful noise. Glooskap was no friend of the beavers, he slew many of them. Up on the Tobaic are two salt-rocks that is, rocks by the ocean side, near a fresh-water stream. The great beaver, standing there one day, was seen by Glooskap miles away, who had forbidden him that place. Then, picking up a large rock where he stood by the shore, he threw it all that distance at the beaver, who indeed dodged it, but when another came, the beast ran into a mountain and has never come forth to this day. But the rocks which the master threw are yet to be seen this very interesting tradition was taken down by mrs w wallace brown from a very old passamaquoddy indian woman named molly sepsis who could not speak a word of english with the aid of another younger woman named sarah it will be observed that it is said in the beginnings that glooskap produced the first human beings from the ash tree ash and elm in the edda were the adam and eve of the human race there were no intelligent men on earth until there came three mighty and benevolent asir to the world from their assembly nearly powerless ash and embla ash and elm void of destiny spirit they possessed not sense they had not blood nor motive powers nor goodly colour spirit gave odin sense gave honir blood gave loder and good colour it is certain, however, that the ash was the typic tree of all life, since the next verse of the Völuspá is devoted to Yggdrasil, the tree of existence, or of the world itself. It may be observed that in the Finnish poem of Kalevala it is by the destruction of the great oak that Veinemoin, aided by the hero of the sea, causes all things to grow. The early clearing away of trees, as a first step towards culture, may be symbolized in the shooting of arrows at the ash the wolf as a beast for the deity to ride, is strongly Eddaic. Magic songs they sung rode on wolves the god Odin and gods. We have here within a few lines, accordingly, the ash as the parent of mankind, and wolves as the beast of transport for the supreme deity, both in the Indian legend and in the Edda. As Glooskap is directly declared in one tradition to keep by him as an attendant a being who is the course of the sun and of the seasons, it may be assumed that the black and white wolf represent day and night. Again great stress is laid in the Glooskap legend upon the fact that the last great day of battle with Malsum the wolf, and the frost giants, stone giants, and other powers of evil shall be announced by an earthquake. Trembles Yggdrasil's ash yet standing groans that aged tree, and the wolf runs, the master's kin go all with the wolf, the stony hills are dashed together, the giantesses totter, then arises Slyn's second grief when Odin goes with the wolf to fight. Word for word, ash-tree, giantesses, the supreme god fighting with a wolf, and falling hills are given in the Indian myth. This is not the Christian day of judgment, but the Norse. In this myth, Glooskap has two wolves, one black and the other white this is an indication of day and night since he is distinctly stated to have as an attendant culpe who typifies the course of the seasons in the eddas ragnarok we are told that one wolf now follows the sun another the moon one fenris the other the moon's devourer in a troll's disguise the magic arrows of glooskap are of course world-wide and date from the shafts of aberys and those used among the ancient jews for divination but it may be observed that those of the indian hero are like the goose arrows described in overrod's saga which always hit their mark and return to the one who shoots them it is important here to compare this old algonquin account of the creation with that of the iroquois or six nations as given by david cusick himself an indian there was a woman who was with child with twins she descended from the higher world and was received on the turtle while she was in the distress of travail one of the infants in her womb was moved by an evil desire and determined to pass out under the side of the parent's arm, and the other infant endeavored in vain to prevent his design. They entered the dark world by compulsion, and their mother expired in a few minutes. One of them possessed a gentle disposition, and was named Enigorio, the good mind. The other possessed an insolence of character, and was called Enigon hahatgea, that is, the bad mind. The good mind was not content to remain in a dark situation, and was desirous to create a great light in the dark world, but the bad mind was desirous that the world should remain in its original state. The good mind, determined to prosecute his design, began the work of creation. Of his mother's head he made the sun, of her body the moon. After he had made creeks and rivers, animals and fishes, he formed two images of the dust of the ground in his own likeness, male and female and by his breathing into their nostrils he gave them living souls, and he named them Ea-Gue-Haue, is, a real people. And he gave the great island all the animals, of game for the inheritance of the people. The bad mind, while his brother was making the universe, went through the island and made numerous high mountains and falls of water and great steeps, and also created reptiles which would be injurious to mankind. But the good mind restored the island to its former condition, the bad mind made two images of clay in the form of mankind but while he was giving them existence they became apes the good mind discovered his brother's contrivances and aided in giving them living souls finding that his brother continually thwarted him the good mind admonished him to behave better the bad mind then offered a challenge to his brother on condition that the victor should rule the universe the good mind was willing he falsely mentioned that whipping with flags would destroy his temporal life and earnestly solicited his brother to observe the instrument of death saying that by using deer horns he would expire this is very obscure in cusick's indian english on the day appointed the battle began it lasted for two days they tore up the trees and mountains at last the good mind gained the victory by using the horns the last words uttered by the bad mind were that he would have equal power over the souls of mankind after their death and so sank down to eternal doom and became the evil spirit contrasted with this hardly heathen cosmogony which shows recent bible influence throughout the algonquin narrative reads like a song from the edda that the latter is the original and the older there can be no doubt Between the good mind making man from the dust of the earth, and Glooskap rousing him by magic arrows from the ash-tree, there is a great difference. It may be observed that the fight with horns is explained in another legend in this book called the chenu, and that these horns are the magic horns of the chepich Kalm or great serpent who is somewhat like the dragon. In the Algonquin story two loons are Glooskap's tail-bearers, which occasion him great anxiety by their prolonged absences this is distinctly stated in the Indian legend, as it is, of Odin's birds in the Edda. Odin has, as news-bringers, two ravens. Hugin and Munin fly each day over the spacious earth. I fear for Hugin that he comes not back. Yet more anxious am I for Munin. The loons, indeed, occasioned Glooskap so much trouble by absences that he took wolves in their place the ravens of the edda are probably of biblical origin but it is a most extraordinary coincidence that the indians have a corresponding perversion of scripture for they say that glooskap when he was in the ark that is as noah sent out a white dove which returned to him colored black and became a raven this is not however related as part of the myth the ancient history of the six nations by david cusick gives us in one particular a strange coincidence with the edda It tells us that the bad mind, the principle of evil, forced himself out into life, as Cusick expresses it in his broken Indian English, under the side of the parent's arm, that is, through the armpit. In the Edda, Vafthrudnismal, 33, we are told of the first beings born on earth that they were twins, begotten by the two feet of a giant, and born out of his armpit. Under the armpit grew, tis said of the Hrimthors, a girl and boy together foot with foot begat, of that wise Yutun, a six-headed son. There are in these six lines six coincidences with red Indian mythology. 1. The evil principle as a Yutun's firstborn in the one and the bad mind in the other are born of the mother's armpit. 2. In one of the tales of Locks, the Indian devil, also a giant, we are told that his feet are male and female. 3. In both faiths this is the first birth on earth. Four. the six-headed demon appears in a Micmac tale. Five There is in both the Adaic and the Wabanaki account a very remarkable coincidence in this: that there is a titanic or giant birth of twins on earth, followed by the creation of man from the ash tree. Six. The evil principle, whether it be the wolf locks in the Wabanaki myths or Loki in the Norse, often turns himself into a woman. Thus, the male and female sex of the first-born twins is identified. According to the Edda the order of births on earth was as follows. First two giants were born from the mother's armpit. Secondly the dwarfs were created. Thirdly man was made from the ash-tree. According to the Wabanaki this was the order. First two giants were born, one from his mother's armpit. Secondly the dwarfs, Mikumwesuk, were created from the bark of the ash-tree. Thirdly man was made from the trunk of the ash. The account of the creation of the dwarfs is wanting in the present manuscript. End of section three.